<clears throat> hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the reaction episode, Rudgers. Um, before we get into it, guys, please go to uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, like and subscribe, obviously. So this way the uh, algorithm gets me in front of more Michigan fans. That's right. And even uh, non-Michigan fans. I'll take the smoke. That's fine. Um, actually, before we get into the show, I want to give a shout out to, showing that I do read the comments sometimes, uh, of uh, a new, I would assume a new uh, YouTube watcher and subscriber. His name is, his or her name, Ski Vermont. Uh, sent me a message, well, obvious one of the comments saying that I had got it wrong in like the 70, where you might win by 70, and I did say might, put 70 on Rutgers as a huge mistake and like it's going to age poorly, and it obviously did. Uh, and he said they had a much better defense. I wasn't really impressed with their special team, but he said defense and special teams. But hey, huge shout out to number two, uh, Sky Vermont. Fantastic. Thank you for for creating a dialogue it was awesome um and you're right rutgers was way better so sky vermont i hope you continue to listen and watch or do whatever because i appreciate your insight and it was a nice little interaction uh so getting into this uh yeah man <laughs> sorry that this reaction episode's a little late i am feeling kind of under the weather so uh take it as you will uh, but uh yeah Oof, what a game this is huh or was. Um, I had, I'm glad I took a day off to think about what was really how I felt about this game. Because at first, I like all of us, I felt like we had drank the Kool-Aid way too soon on this team. And they just looked like the same old Michigan team. Which they really did. Uh, but I think there's probably more to this than probably meets the eye when you actually just sit back and think about it. I'm kind of encouraged on how um, I'm encouraged about this team. Now, I think there's stuff, obviously, we need to work on, right? And looming, I mean, it's like losing Ronnie Bell was a huge, it's a it's a huge thing right now. Like, it, it's a thing that could set us back this whole season is losing Ronnie Bell because our wide receivers are not mature enough and our passing game is nowhere near where it should be to complement a fantastic running game. And so that is kind of crazy. But what I did like about this game is Rutgers uh, gave us the test we needed going into a big game like Wisconsin. We needed a team that wasn't scared of us, that wasn't going to back down, and want looked to win the game. They are going to win the game. They believe they can win the game. They took our best shots in the first half of this game. And they came back fighting. They came back trying hard, doing everything. I mean, outplayed us. Obviously, dominated us in the whole second half of this game. I mean, for God's sakes, Michigan didn't get their first first down of the second half to like fourth quarter. I mean, I think we had 21 total yards or something like that. They came out. They said, okay, we're going to stop the run. I dare you to do something else. And at the beginning of the first half, it looked great. We were we were clicking on all cylinders, man. That first half is exactly what Michigan football should look like. Uh, running, passing, the passing game was looking good. Um, I wish we'd be better at. I wish we'd settle for touchdowns over field goals. To be quite honest with you, 
Uh, but other than that, I think that's a lot what that Michigan offense should look like. Now, when you hit adversity, and then the defense. What can we say about this defense? Yeah, bend the break. They had a few things, but Jesus, this defense is looking so much better than last year. They don't give up. They fight. And I mean, they were exhausted. They were exhausted, and they still fought fought hard and did everything they could to uh, to win this game. Somehow, someway, found a way to win the game. And I don't know. That's all you can ask for a young defense under a new coordinator. I mean, they only gave up 13 points. I know it felt like way more than that for some reason. It felt like, for the most part, I think Rutgers had the ball for the majority of the second half. And all they could pull off was 13 points. The defense did a fantastic job. A few shout-outs, obviously. David Ajabo. Like, and you know what's funny is the not-so-obvious guys I mentioned that were going to have a pretty good game actually kind of did. Eric All at the beginning disappeared second half. But uh, Eric All had a decent game. And then David Ajabo were my two. And I also would like to throw in there Vincent Gray. Holy crap. I am starting to become... Uh, I'm, I think I'm starting to hop on the bandwagon again of Vincent Gray. He is becoming more of a physical threat. And I think if you go back in some of the late in the later episodes, like last season episodes, or even I think before we well, we started last season, I was comparing Vincent Gray to uh, Stribling, Shannon Stribling. But I said he was a more aggressive Stribling. I believe that was Vincent Gray. I'd have to go back and check my notes and stuff. But he the way he he attacks the run, uh, his tackling is great. He's I mean, he, his coverability has gotten much better. It seems like last year he was just in his head too much. I think that Michigan State game kind of uh, fucked with him. Um, so I definitely think that Vincent Gray is an up-and-comer. I'm I'm taking back every bad thing I said about him coming up this season. He has really impressed me, and I've and I've been watching him. I've been I he's been a point of interest every time I watch any type of. Uh, uh, video on breakdown of the defense. I'm always wondering what Vincent Gray's doing, and he's been impressive. He's been, I would say, more impressive than Green at this point, in my opinion, solely my opinion. But um, what can what can we say about this? Like it was obviously tail two halves. Cade looked good uh, in the first half, then did his best in Shea Patterson impression in the second half by skipping balls two to three yards in front of the wide receiver. I don't, I know our wide receiving core is young, but at what point is it more Cade's responsibility than the wide receivers? You know what I mean? Like, he's our leader at this point. I know he's supposed to keep everybody calm and all this, but, um, what I've been noticing is he doesn't look comfortable in big games. He just doesn't. He's more, he just, he doesn't look comfortable at all, to be quite honest with you. And then the only reason why I say that is because if you haven't watched, I would say make it a point to watch the Monday, uh, the Monday quarterback or Monday, whatever. I think it's the Monday quarterback um, with Sam Webb and um, Devin Gardner. Devin Gardner does a great job breaking down all the offensive stuff and even some of the defensive plays. But when he talks about the quarterback position in general, I love to listen to what he has to say. And after that Washington game, I made it also a point to check Cade, Cade McNamara's like foots 
and then like his footsteps, like how he bounces. What is he? Does he look comfortable? What is he doing? And he didn't look comfortable at all against Rutgers. He did not. And I don't know if that means that he just he looks awful in big games and he chokes in big games, but he looks good in uh, bad games, or is it just that Rutgers' uh, defensive backfield is massively improved? I, I don't know what it says. This is a very confusing um, test, I would say, for Cade in, in us to believe in him. Like, because to be honest, I never thought I was the guy to be like, okay. Uh, because I'm a Cade guy. Listen, this whole time I've been touting Cade McNamara, but it makes me wonder, uh, is he really the guy that is going to get us those big game wins against Wisconsin, against Penn State, against Michigan State, against Ohio State? Those four, those four games are huge now. And, I mean, and this 8-4 and four thing could actually be a real thing if Cade isn't the guy. And I don't know anymore. And that's what unnerves me a certain bit because I was so positive that he was the guy. But now I just think he might be an upgraded version of Shea Patterson, which you know how I feel about Shea Patterson. I thought he was garbage. Um, but my other thought, I'm very, conf you know, I'm all over the place. Maybe because I'm on cold medicine and I feel like crap, so I'm a little loopy. But uh, this also, the parallels of this team with one of Jim Harbaugh's NFL teams, like the the 49ers in 2012. There's a lot of, uh, the, just the quarterback position itself. I was reading Twitter, and there's a guy, Nate, and I can't for the life of me, and I, I apologize, Nate, because I follow him, and I like a lot of his, a lot of his tweets. Um, Nate, he had said that he's gone back and he watched some of the tape and stuff, and it reminds this offense reminds him completely of a, of a Harbaugh offense that he had with the 49ers. And I think he's right on that. I, I think it's an astute point. And I think he, he nailed it on that. But I also think there's another comparison. And we're sitting at, at the, we're looking at the same kind of thing that Harbaugh had in a quarterback controversy with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Because Alex Smith was doing a great job. They were 6-2-1. and one. Before he got hurt, well, six, yeah, they were six two and one. He got hurt in that Los Angeles Rams game where they tied. Um, but he was six two and one. They looked good. They were beating the teams they should beat, and and had some losses to teams that they should have lost to. Which sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Also, is Cade McNamara, Alex Smith? You would say game manager on both of them. Uh, smart on both of them, calm, great leadership, but just can't make the big plays when you need them to be made, or not even the wow play or whatever it is to to get your offense to the next level. I would say Cade McNamara is a perfect example of Alex Smith, and he'll probably go on to have a decent career in the NFL. Cade also, I believe, is a much better closer of games than he is a starter of games. I think if you were to bring him in, say, Say you start J.J. McCarthy. I'm just floating it out there. Say you start J.J. McCarthy. And he starts to, you know, struggle a bit. Have Cade come in easier. Maybe the pressure isn't so great on him and maybe he plays better. I don't know if that's if that's the thing. You know, uh, I don't know. But I, I see the comparison so much with the, with the 49ers. Now, will Jim make make that call will he make the pull will he pull 
Cade McNamara in favor of J.J. McCarthy? Or is, is that even the the key, right? Like, is that even what we're, we're worried about? And I think the perfect, the perfect, this season, I'm sorry, guys, I'm, I know I'm tripping over things, but this season is the absolute perfect, like, microcosm of just shit, right? Because, and good shit in a way, because you got Rutgers, great, great test for us. Uh, we found out that, you know, when we get hit in the mouth, how we have to react instead of recoiling and worrying and playing, playing, like play calling to not lose compared to play calling to win. And yesterday, yesterday was absolute play calling to not lose, right? And that's disgusting. It should never be. Great teams never play call not to lose. Great teams play call to win. If anybody watched the Chargers game today, how they took out the, the Chiefs, there was a, a fourth down and nine call they could have, which the Chargers completely screwed up to get to fourth and nine. But instead of punting it, or instead of trying to kick a too long field goal or anything like that, they played to win, made an aggressive call, and they end up winning the game. Um, so the play calling, all this, and I think it's coming to a head next week. Next week is the ultimate, like almost final test of the midseason point for us to see if, like, where where we need to go offensively, right? Because this is the number one, like, it's not even a final. It's like one of those midterms, you know what I mean? Like, just to kind of see where you're at in the learning curve. Cade McNamara, this is his shot. If he's going to cement his leadership role and cement that he's the leader and the quarterback and the starter for the rest of this season or until the next midterm, which will be Michigan State, then he needs to win this game now in Wisconsin. He needs to come out and he needs to look great. No ifs, ands, buts about it. And if Harbaugh, if I was Harbaugh, I, he would, I would pull him for JJ if he comes out and he looks like he did in the second half against Rutgers. Because winning the game is what's important. Not saving some young man's uh, like feelings. When Harbaugh gets fired because he doesn't win enough games, is Cade McNamara going to be there to be like, well, you know, hey, everybody, take it easy on Harbaugh because I said so. Let's let's take it easy on him. No. His job's in the balance, and he needs to make these calls. Now, I think it's up to Cade to prove that he's the leader, that he is, and that he can be a great player because I have faith in him. I, But I think he's becoming more, and he's starting to prove himself to be more of an Alex Smith than he is the guy, the program changer, right? Like I said, 2022, we're winning the national title and J.J. McCarthy is going to lead us to that. So, but this season, what is this season for us? And I think what I've seen so far, the grades that I'm giving out or what I believe the progress I'm seeing is Cade just might be Alex Smith. Our offense, if it gets... Uh, a game changer like J.J. McCarthy because yesterday you could see it with some of that RPO stuff. They didn't give a fuck if Cade McNamara had the ball or not. They didn't give two shits if he had the ball. But you have to give a shit if J.J. McCarthy has the ball, you know, on the RPO. And that opens up the pass, then which opens up the run because that's exactly what Rutgers was doing to us. How do you think Pacheco went from looking like complete garbage in the first half to rushing for over 100 yards in the second. RPO, 
because we had to worry about Noah Vedral running the ball or passing the ball. And because of that, that opened up more of what Pacheco couldn't, couldn't have done in the first quarter. If we had J.J. McCarthy playing in the second half, does that open up the running game even more? I think it does. And I, and I don't think it's, it's, it's not a slight on Kate. He's just not a runner. He's a stationary guy. But I think for us to make that next step and to open things up, because when you shut down the run like Rutgers did, you expose McNamara for who he is, I believe. Right now, maybe if he's a tremendous passer and he starts hitting and our wide receivers mature faster than what I think they will, then you start to see more and more that you may not need the RPO. But I don't think that's going to be possible. I think you're going to see when they shut down that run, that play, especially with the play calling, the play not to lose instead of to win. It, it's just one big nasty, uh, just nasty soup of crap. But we shall see. Next week we play Wisconsin, and that's gonna that's gonna really tell us where we stand. And I'm kind of excited and terrified all at the same time, because I have true high hopes for this team now. This defense, I think, is for real. I think this defense is going. It, I'm very excited to see what this defense can do. I really do, because I think this defense should be incredibly like excited and have strong belief in one another now because they didn't break. They didn't fold like a house of cards when when the uh, when the stress of the of the constant Rutgers coming just pushing it down their throat and our offense was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. They didn't break like they did last year. They didn't give up like they did last year. They created a turnover when they absolutely needed to. Impressive. I'm very impressed with the defense, and I think they're just going to get better all all season long. I, th I just think that that side of the offense, is, I mean that side of the team, that defense is going to gel. I'm more worried about the offense. Also, I think now, Jesus, there's not a there's not one, there's just not one, give me anymore in the in the fucking Big Ten East. There's not one give me at all. Rutgers is good now. Like that's that is what I bet you money next week. I think they play Ohio State. I want. I think that's who they play. I could be wrong, but I think it's Ohio State. I bet you they give Ohio State everything they can handle, and I hope to God they do because it's going to make this win look way better if Rutgers threatens Ohio State like they did us. Uh, so Rutgers is for real now, right? Michigan State for real. It looks like. I mean. Well, I mean, they really struggled against Nebraska. Really struggled against Nebraska, to be quite honest. Uh, Nebraska actually did the most Nebraska thing ever. And when they had, when they just scored to go up, they allowed that punt return, or no, that kickoff return for a touchdown uh, to put them into overtime with Michigan State. And Nebraska just, it, may, it does my heart good because I'm a big eight fan. I grew up in the time when the Big 12 was the Big Eight. And Nebraska was a part of that, and they would just run roughshod over Colorado constantly. And that's where I grew up, you know, obviously. Um, if you've been listening for a while, you know that. So I hate Nebraska. I never like Nebraska. I'll never cheer for Nebraska. I effing hate Nebraska. So it's good to see them always lose. But I'll be honest, for about five minutes, I was, I was starting to change my mind on cheering for Nebraska to beat Michigan State. Uh... 
But yeah, you know, and that made me think, right? Now that there's not an easy game ever, it seems like, in the Big Ten, even in college football now. I mean, just look at some of the games that were played yesterday. Oklahoma, struggling, right? Iowa against CSU, struggling. Uh, let's see, Penn State. Uh, I mean, good win, 38-17, but would you think if you heard Penn State, number six in the nation, playing Villanova, that they would win only 38-17? Teams are getting better and better, and teams that you wouldn't necessarily know. Look at uh, Indiana, barely beating Western Kentucky. And I think a lot of these jumps in talent, I think what we're really seeing now is that the transfer portal has has really pushed, like, pushed parity into the spotlight of college football faster than we probably expected it to do. Uh, I knew it was coming, obviously, when, when players can leave schools and go somewhere else. Sooner or later, these five-star schools, like these blue bloods, aren't going to be able to hold on and hoard the talent like they used to. You know, so therefore, if you are a five-star that went to Alabama, but now you're the third five-star wide receiver on that team, and you're like, fuck this, I want to play. Now you can go to, say, a Rutgers or something, or wherever, just as a lack of a better example. You can go to a Rutgers and get immediate playing time. Free agency has happened to college football, and I think it's now fast-forwarded parody and put that in the spotlight. So that's why you see teams like Rutgers, by the way, who hit the transfer portal hard. I think they had 15, they picked up 15 kids from the transfer portal. Also, you mix in the hard-nosed, good coaching style of Greg Schiano, and you got a winner there now, right? Like, they're not going to win the Big Ten East anytime soon, but guess what? You dick around, and they're going to beat you. That's the thing. Like, that's, that's what's encouraging, kind of. But also scared, it scares the death out of me. Because if you can't now guarantee a win against Rutgers, fuck, man. That's the East, dude. The, the, that's all you ever wanted. That's all you just banged on. You're like, okay, Maryland sucks. Rutgers sucks. Okay, we've got at least two wins when we play these when we play these guys. Because you know you're in a dogfight uh, against Penn State. You know you're in a dogfight against Michigan State, which we should never be in a dogfight with that fucking school. But anyways, you know... There's just teams that you just say, okay, we got this, we're fine. Uh, Indiana, you think, okay, well, dogfight. And then we just get crushed by Ohio State every year, so it doesn't matter either way. But you know you have no weeks off unless you're like, hey, we at least got two wins, Maryland and Rutgers. Now you don't even have those. And so, so why can't we get some realignment, please? Can the West get some of these fucking teams? I mean, they got fucking Minnesota. Who loses to... Bowling Green, for God's sakes. And their best teams, Iowa and freaking Wisconsin. Wisconsin gets the the doors just beat off of them by Notre Dame. And then you have Iowa struggle against Colorado State. Yeah, Colorado State. Then they have Nebraska. Okay, loses in traditional Nebraska way to uh, Michigan State in overtime. I mean, Purdue... Like, they have garbage teams, and they're all just strewn about the West. Can't we realign to make this somewhat competitive for at least Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, all of us, instead of us constantly being in a nut-kicking contest in the East, while the West, Iowa, and Wisconsin walks their lily little asses just safely throughout the season because all they have to do is play with, they all they have to do is play Ohio State every once in a while, 
Penn State every once in a while, and Michigan every year for Wisconsin, it seems like. In Iowa, when was the last time that happened? I, I don't even know when they played when they played Ohio State last. It might have been last year, but I wasn't paying attention. I doubt it. But you know what I mean? Like the 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 West is a joke. It's an absolute. They have Northwestern, Northwestern for God's sakes. Those freaking book nerds. I mean, they stink. They lost to Duke. What are we doing? I just that's the thing that really irritates the hell out of me. Is the East is just an absolute nut kicking contest, and the West is like if you've just gone on vacation. And if you're a decent if you're a decent school, you're almost a guaranteed chance every every other year to win the Big Ten West and make it to a make it to a Big Ten championship game. Michigan was in the West. We would have been already three or four out of Harbaugh's seven years so far. Yeah, seven years so far, I think it is. Three or four Big Ten title games, at least, if we were in the West. Uh, how do you think we feel about Harbaugh right now if we've been in at least three or four Big Ten championship games and probably would have had a chance to win one or two of them, especially in 2016? 2016, 2018, we would have had a chance, I think, to be Big Ten champs. Well, 2018, we fucking shit the big against Ohio State, so what does it matter? Um, but you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is going on? I just... Parody is... It's calm now, and... The East is showing to prove to be way better than the West. Almost every team you line up on the East is a fucking killer now. And everyone on the West is a joke. Everyone on the West is a joke but Iowa. Right now. Because Iowa's defense, I think, is for real. Wisconsin, I guess, is still a threat because if you dick around, they'll beat you in, in Camp Randall. But then they'll go somewhere else and fucking lose. So yeah, if you play them at Camp Randall, you better, you better suit up because they're going to be ready to win. Right, and, they, and they're the most boring offense you've ever watched in your life. But that's the whole thing, though. They're like Novocaine, like they say in in um and remember the Titans. That's offense like Novocaine. Give it a chance, and it always works. Right? I know I butchered the quote, but that's just how it goes. They're boring, and they but they know exactly what they do, and they do it well, both on offense and defense. It's just ugh, I would kill to be in the fucking East. I mean, in the West, I would kill to be in the West right now. Anyways, but parity is absolute the reason why you start to see these underling teams start to really make a name for themselves. Rutgers, especially, with 15 kids picked up in the in the portal. I mean, Michigan State, sit, no, I'm sorry, Michigan State actually picked up 15. I was looking at the stat wrong, my fault. Michigan State had 15. Why do you think they're looking so decent this year? 4-0, kind of a choke job against Nebraska, way worse than ours, but still, um, and then Rutgers was six. Nebraska with five, I guess. I just don't think Scott Frost can coach. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I, it, it doesn't get any easier. So us Michigan fans have to just, just accept it. Accept that there's never going to be any easier wins and really just hope for the best at this point. I think we have a very good team. I'm, I'm encouraged about this team. Uh, I, I don't like the play calling. I don't like the play calling whatsoever because... Like I just got done telling you, I don't think any great teams make strides when you play call not to win, or maybe not to lose. You know, you have to be aggressive. You have to do things. And I'm telling you, I think this is, next week is the last week that Cade McNamara has to prove that he can be the leader of this team, in my opinion. Now, if he does it, God bless him, let's go. But my first love and my only love is to Michigan football. I don't care who's the head. I don't care who's the head coach. I don't care who's the starting quarterback. 
All I care about is the greatness of Michigan football and who can get us there. So if Cade can do it, God bless him. Hey, I'm a big Cade McNamara guy. I think he's probably one of the great, he's a probably great kid. I really do. I think he's a great kid. But if you can't get us wins, you can't get us big wins, then hey, buddy, sit down and let's get the next guy up and see. All right? And if that guy can't do it, come back in and try and do it. We'll figure something out. But the greatness of Michigan football is the only thing I worry about. And who can do that and who can get us there, that's it. That's all I care about. I love Michigan. I really do. I'll never leave them. But to say that I'm not going to be upset if they just continue to stink it out and then do play calling to not lose, but hopefully we win type shit, I'm not a fan of that either. I don't know if, that's, I don't know if that is a mixture of immaturity at the at the at the wide receiver level, mixed in with Cade McNamara not making the right play calls or, or not play calls, play reads, and then underthrowing the ball, or is it the play calling? Is it all of them all mixed together? Is it one more than the other? I don't know, but I think next week is going to be a great test of that. I, I want to see what happens next week, even though I'm terrified of next week, because next week is one of the games I picked us to lose. I did say we'd go ten and ten and two. Because I, I, from the get, I believed in this team. From the get, I believed it was always just culture, right? I believe it. I don't think culture just happens over overnight. So I think you're going to see stumbling in the belief in one another because it is a young team and they're still trying to figure out this culture thing. But I saw great improvements over this whole season. So I think we have a really good team. I'm very excited about this team. And I think that's why next week is so critical. That Harbaugh, you're getting paid millions, buddy. Grab your nuts and figure out who's going to be your starter. And I know it's Cade right now, but if he can't, if he if he looked garbage against Wisconsin, we got to we got to change some things up. Um, oh, before we get out of here, let's. I just I want to start taking a look at some of the Michigan players that that transferred, and to see, you know, to either. You know, say, ah, oh, that's awesome, or hey, that really kind of hurt us. Maybe that would have been better if they stayed or whatever. Just an interesting look, I think, right? And how we feel as Michigan fans about the ones who've left. And I've picked out four that I'm mainly going to be concentrating on throughout the whole season. One, Xavier Worthy. Didn't really play for Michigan, but to have, you know, obviously committed and decommitted. Giles Jackson probably was a part of that. He's kind of a drama queen, in my opinion. I mean, all... He loves all the smoke. He loves all the attention. He's a very prima donna type. But he is currently killing it for Texas. <laughs> currently killing it. The last two weeks, now granted, I think they played Rice last week. So not a tremendous uh, team. And then they played uh, Texas Tech this week. Obviously not another great team. But <laughs> this week he had five catches for 100 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, with that speed, oh man. That's one I wonder about. I'll be I'll be honest. That's the one I wonder about. I know he's a prima donna, but still, oof, that kind of production added out of a true freshman, very nice. Um, Zach Charbonnet had a rough week last week, but came back this against Fresno, which was odd. I didn't see that game, but it's weird that Fresno would be able to shut down the running game the way it did against UCLA. But this week, back back looking great again. 23, 23 rushes, one eighteen. And one touchdown. Fantastic. I wish that kid all the luck in the world, all the success in the world. I really like Zach Charbonnet. I think he's a... I, I miss him. But then again, I don't. Because I don't think this running game, our running game, our running backs would be doing as well if they still had a split time with Charbonnet. So, 
I like I like where we're at here, but I do wish him luck. And then you got Joe Milton doing Joe Milton things. Didn't start, um, but he went two for eight for 54 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. That kid, the more I hear about uh, his attitude and things that you kind of, you, you get like cryptic things being said about him. No, no real straight evidence outside of when he got benched at the Redgrids game, he's going to, can't wait till he leaves to come back to drop 50 on us, which, I mean, he must mean 50 bucks or 50 cents out on the field because he's never going to drop 50 points on us. He might throw 50 yards on us. Um, that's maybe what he's talking about. Maybe somebody's going to, can't wait to drop 50 yards on us. So he does that pretty well. I mean, this last game, two for eight, 54 yards. Maybe that's what he meant. I would assume that's what he means. But the more I hear about that, the less I, I'm actually, I'm kind of happy he's gone. Um, no matter what Kate ends up being, either the savior or Alex Smith, he's still better than Joe Milton. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. And then Giles Jackson didn't do shit all but one kickoff return for 20 yards. Also, also glad to see that that cancer is gone. I believe those two were the biggest uh, energy sucking vampires out of the whole team last year. And I think those were the two cancers that need to be cut out for this culture to even have a shot. So, great. Awesome. Uh, well, that's about it, guys. I, I think we should be encouraged. I think this was a tough test. This was a tough midterm. But we passed. We didn't look like last year. We didn't cave in. Our defense didn't get scared. Our defense didn't give up like they did last year. I mean, there's a lot of things to be happy about. The first half looked great. Tell me you weren't happy in the first half. I mean, granted, like I said, I'd much rather trade touchdowns for field goals. You know what I mean? I don't. I hate to settle for field goals because I think that score would have been a much higher score, at least 24 to 28 points instead of 20. But still, I'll take it. I'll take it. Great first half. Don't know what the hell happened second half. So this midterm grenade, I'm giving us a C. Uh, definitely B on the defensive end and a complete uh, D minus, maybe even F offensively. Uh some play column mixed in with that offensive score there. So I, I, I don't know grading, but I would say that's a C overall. Uh, we won. Uh, so I think it's, I'm very, I'm very, very encouraged. Uh, Cause I think Ruggers is going to prove to be a much better team than I thought. I mean, I completely shit on them. <laughs> I take that 100% back. They are a much better team. So once again, shout out to Sky Vermont. Uh, you know, Good, good way to call it, man. I, I definitely underestimated them, and they made me look foolish in the way I was talking about. But, hey, what are you going to say? I'm the Michigan maniac. I'm not the Michigan moderate. So I'm going to say some wild things sometimes because I like to, and that's what makes the show interesting. So, guys, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Um, it is great. I, it really is. It's great. Even though it's trying, even though it's frustrating, it's still great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys, go blue.